What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Keenan Vision Podcast. Another episode. Glad to see y'all. Um, last week, we talked a little bit about um, our seasons and our lives, how we clean ourselves up before coming. No, no, no. That's Last week, we talked about what season caused us to then seek God. And then today, we're going to be talking about this idea of now that you're seeking God, what to do with that information. Um, and then if you're already a Christian, you're, you're watching this episode, this can be helpful tools that you can articulate to people that you are evangelizing to and discipling, etc. right? So this tool is for everybody. Um, but to start off, Brayden, I don't, last night, so last night we watched The Prestige, right? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is goaded. Best director of all time. Best writer, director, cinematographer of all time, in my opinion. So, Brayden, I want you to give me your top five Christopher Nolan films in order of your preference. Okay. What What do you think? Uh, uh, uh. All right. I'll go number one uh, for me is Inception. Just Is your number one? It's, for, it's my number one. I, I mean, it's a good show. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I don't know, it was the first one I got put on, and there's the nostalgia. Leonardo DiCaprio is maybe my favorite actor. And for some reason, I was thinking Interstellar when you said that, but yeah, Inception, I got you. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, number two, uh, mm, this is a tough one. This is a tough one, but I'm gonna definitely go uh, with The Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's only it's only fair. Heath Ledger as the Joker's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, Christian Bale, ridiculous. Um, number three, hmm. This is where it would get. I know. I, this is where it's going to get really debatable. Um, I'm going to go number three, Tenant. I love Tenant. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's all that for a lot of people, but I loved Tenant. I thought it was amazing. I thought that um, to bring in uh, like this new thing for the like time travel concepts it was definitely a new a new concept to <coughs> and, time travel it, right and i think style. i think that there's um but that's the amazing thing about what he's done is he's created new concepts with every film mm-hmm. um and he's really allowed it to i just i guess just like really create a whole new like now after each one of his films then that his plot that he used Starts getting used by other people, mm-hmm. and his ideas are always reused. Um, so number four, oh, this one, this one's tough too. Um, I I would have to go with Interstellar. Yeah, I like Interstellar a lot. I thought um, the soundtrack is amazing. Um, I think that you feel the intensity of the situation, mm. and it's just almost like it's almost like. Is this an order from one yes. to? Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, amazing movie. Uh, then number five, I'm trying to think. Is there any Christopher Nolan films that I'm missing? That yeah, I. Um, you got you got Tenet, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. I'm talking. So I, I don't know if Inception. I'm. I mean, the, the whole Batman series is so good. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put the Batman together. series all together. Yeah, and put that at number two. Um, uh, you got. Um, there's Man of Steel. That that's not my favorite. Yeah, I feel like we're missing one though. The Prestige. No, Inception, Interstellar, 
Prestige, Dark Knight, and Dunkirk. Yeah, not Dunkirk. So, uh, yeah. for, and then so my last one uh, would be Prestige, number five. Yeah, that's where I, that's where mine begins. I, that was that was a really good movie. I was I thought it was amazing. And, he, and yeah. I, yeah, he only has eleven movies. Yeah, which put that in context. So we're not doing going to do a top ten. And he only has eleven, but top five. Prestige is number five for me. Number four. Number four would probably be Tenet. I mean, he may be out. Actually, no, 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 no. I think I think Prestige is better than Tenet. Really? In my opinion. Okay, so because five, Tenet, Tenet was Tenet was a great movie production wise. It was his latest movie. Prestige was made in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. So the production was better. Like cinematography, obviously from two thousand six to two thousand twenty. Mm-hmm. He has a lot more money for his budget, a lot more skills. So, but that doesn't make up the storyline. Tenet thoroughly makes me mad, and we talk about this all the time. The storyline doesn't make sense. The mm. more you watch it, the more you watch Inception, the more it makes sense. Mm. Ah, that's, I missed that. Ah, I missed that. The more you watch Tenet, the more that doesn't add up to the storyline. Like this, so it frustrates me. Um, so I'll put Tenet 5, Prestige 4, Inception, probably 3, um, Interstellar, probably 2, and Dark Knight number 1. Dark Knight, Dark Knight's, it's, the Christopher Nolan's storylines, his in-depth, intriguing storylines with a superhero unmatched. Mm-hmm. Because all, like, even Man of Steel, you can see that a little bit. It's not a tr- traditional you know, he's up, fall, down bad, trains, coming of coming to age, then wins. You know, there's always this like plot line that all superheroes follow and it you just jump into the action. I don't know. Dark Knight is one of the greatest plot lines ever, plus Batman who's arguably one of the best superheroes ever. Coolest, maybe not best, coolest. Yeah, so. I, I like the it all like his movies always demand your attention from the beginning and uh just like like demands of the whole film and um yeah i mean they're amazing movies yeah, i'm surprised interstellar is no you said number two uh two yeah wow what I'm would surprised. you put it for four i think four yeah, yeah. it that's not mo- like that's mo- that's an, and everyone's like top four but interstellar is usually not number two but well i watched i watched it first it was one of my first christopher nolan movies gotcha and I had watched Inception a bunch, but I never watched it front to back mm. until like the fifth time I watched it. So I didn't get that full experience. Mm. Like, you know, the first time you watch a movie, wow, it really hits you. But yeah, Interstellar was the first, one of the first Christopher Nolan movies I watched, Yeah, which is right. But the Christopher Nolan method, what makes it so good is people, it, it, it didn't frustrate me, but... I, it cl- clearly frustrates me. That's why I'm saying this. But when movies over dialogue, over overly explain concepts through the dialogue of characters, instead what Christopher Nolan does is he just talks. I mean, I'm sorry, he doesn't just talk. He just throws you in the action and he lets you figure things out on your se- by yourself. It's funny I make this analogy, but this is how Ivan likes to make people uh, like he likes to evangelize, right? So what he does is he asks questions and he asks thought-provoking questions to where he doesn't give you the answer. He makes you figure out the answer, but he makes 
He asks a question that he knows what your answer will be, thinking you're the one who figured it out, but actually he's the one who provoked that thought in you, if that makes any sense at all. So he'll ask, hey, so what is this like idea of, you know, um, you know, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? This is a very, very basic example. Right? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? I don't know. Well, well what are the Ten Commandments? Have you ever lied before? Oh, so it's he died on the cross because... You know, I'm a, I'm a bad person, so he had to die for my sins. So Ivan will ask questions mm. and then make that person think they're figuring it out on their own. And then they, so they're, it's like they're thinking through it themselves and figuring it out themselves versus us just, hey, you're a sinner, you need Jesus. And yeah. there you go. That All that to say, that's how Christopher Nolan is. He doesn't explicitly tell you, hey, there's three underlying plots in this movie, but he knows how to strategically place certain scenes and dialogues to make you form a thought on purpose. It's if true. that makes any sense. We're getting deep here. We're yeah. getting real deep. Yeah. It, they're all so good. I, For me, I think, uh, I mean, I still haven't understood Inception fully. I understand it really well though. Like, yeah, but Tenet, I went, I watched Tenet a bunch and like the, at least the time travel makes sense to me now. The concept of the time travel yeah. definitely makes sense. Yeah. It's how they use the time travel. Yeah. Okay. If you want to go back in time 20 years, it takes you 20 years to get there. And then somehow, but but somehow in Tenet, when the guy, when they, they shoot the girl in the side, and the first time he goes in like the the, the reverse, right? When they have the cube and he throws it in the car, the cube in the car, and the bad guy, the Russian, and him, the black guy, the protagonist, they're both going after the cube. The Russian guy goes in reverse before him, but somehow the protagonist gets in reverse. I guess he's an elite athlete where it's his first time, but he already is a master at going in reverse. It's another side tangent, but the fact that he could catch up to himself driving the car and remember what he does he looks at the pro he looks at himself Mm -hmm. in reverse and he throws the cube to him like that whole sequence really bothers me and maybe i don't understand it fully but do you know what sequence i'm talking about yeah the scene because the russian guy is in reverse before him so Mm. theoretically if it takes 20 years to go in reverse it should take him 20 years to go in reverse likewise if it took him 10, 10 minutes to get there it should take him 10 minutes but somehow they got there at the same time yeah to then exchange the cube which right. maybe maybe i'm just blatantly put it in the comments please explain tenant's plot line and where i'm struggling if i'm just blatantly right, okay it. let me let me dumb it down for for i just now get what you're saying what he's saying is that the bad guy leaves going backwards in time and he gets there um and then the the protagonist leaves, uh, like f- twenty minutes later, and he's going at reverse in time, and somehow they met at the same time at the same place. Yes, which, if it takes, it, it that shouldn't be possible. Yeah. Right? In, in the in the time travel or the, well, they don't even call it time travel. They call it, um, they don't even call it time travel. Whatever it is, but regardless of all of that, tenant. Is a great movie if you just don't want to think about the plot. 
and don't you just want to mindlessly watch a movie? Great movie, watch it. Actually, I, I wouldn't even say mindlessly watching because it is pretty in depth. But. I think I think for me that wasn't the issue. I think there's things you can get around to get to that. For me, the issue was more on why is his car blowing up? Because his car wasn't put in reverse. He was. So if his car yeah, gets he, set on fire, then why would it freeze? Because the car is a normal car. Because the car is normal. Yeah, like that. Uh, but that's one of the few things for me. But the, you can get around they're the other staggered, stuff. They're staggered everywhere. Those little like, oh, the car froze. Oh, the guy. The guy. W- it should have took him twenty minutes to get there, and it took him ten because they, you know, like they're those little things that like this doesn't make sense to me are scattered the whole way throughout the movie to where it bothers me just to be frank. But inception, when I watch inception, the whole plot line doesn't really confuse me. You get a good grasp on it. Um, also another one that we forgot was, uh, um, shutter Island. Is that Christopher Nolan? I don't don't know. I've never seen it. You've never seen shutter Island. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if it's, if it's Christopher Nolan, great movie. Um, Anyways, let's get to the topic today. All that to say, today we're going to be talking about, um, like I said, last week we talked about what caused me and Brayden to then seek Jesus and what spurred us to, hey, is Jesus real? Is Jesus not real? Is this worth our time? Is this worth our affection? Or is it not? This week, to bounce off of that, we're going to be talking about... um, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we t- we're talking about. Uh, oh, if you should clean yourself up before going to coming to Jesus, right? So this idea of, hey, I have this glaring sin in my life. I'm just, I'm a bad person. Um, or just this idea of cleaning yourself up before you come to Jesus, right? And Brayden, I have some thoughts. But I'll let you get the first crack at it. When you hear that question, what is your initial initial response? My initial response is that that the way that the way that we think of um, cleaning up is not what Jesus wants. He does not want he does not want us to fix ourselves before we come to him. Because the, here's the best way for me to explain it. I lived a good percentage of my life in Christ, but I was still living in uh, self-righteousness because my heart to not sin wasn't out of my love for Christ. <clears throat> my heart to not sin was actually to uphold my image that I had created. Um, I'm not going to say yeah. a large percentage. I'm going to say a small percentage. I struggled with this. And... I had struggled with sin um, more so than I had in other parts of my walk. And what I guess what I what I began to realize was that if you if you fix yourself before coming to Christ, like you're missing the point, like Christ wants to Christ wants to be the, the ultimate part in this so that you have no one to thank but him. And even, you know, and this is, this is what's going to be so hard. Um, this is what's so hard for a lot of people to understand, but, um, first off, it's pretty unrealistic for people to change 
without Christ. It doesn't happen that much. If you look over over time, that there's just there's some people that really hold on, but their change doesn't like it. It, it reverts back a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, so, but in Christ, change happens a lot. But what I'm here to say is that even if you fix yourself without Christ, it's not worth anything because it's you holding yourself up and now you're just partnering with a new issue uh, in pride to try to hold yourself to a righteous standard. Which is a, it's an interesting concept you bring up because if you're not a Christian, if you're Buddhist, if you're an atheist, any religion other than Christianity, this idea of becoming better a coming of knowledge, a revelation, a, um, I was about to say repentance, but a fixing your life, so to say, is that not just as valid as the Christian doing it with Jesus? Well, the answer to that is, is that every human being is made in the image of God. An atheist has the ability to have a love for his wife, right? Because we are all made and we are all made in the image of God, but that is... That is a a fraction in a in a in a like for example in Romans one we can all it says let me just go and read it it basically refers to we can all we have no excuse basically to not choose Jesus to not choose God because throughout his creation we have seen his goodness right so through his creation through nature through people through animals, through human to human, through love, through empathy. Like these things are not an accident. These are through the creation of God. Um, so let me go to it real quick. So it says Romans one nineteen. for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible, invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So what does this say? Verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him. So that's a big statement of Paul is saying. He said, for they knew God. So every no, no human being is without excuse. Because everybody is made and has a ingrained in their heart a awareness of a creator being and a creator God. Um, so what Brayden is saying is there is a ability for an atheist, a non-believer, a Buddhist to have this ability to have a love for their wife, a love for their children, but that has been given to them by the creator of the universe. So the point being is that I know it can be a claim, a very, very bold claim for me and Brain to sit up there here and say that only repentance can be spurred or motivated by Jesus. But ultimately, there is a life that God has called us to in the fullness of relationship that can only be had with Jesus. And John 6, 63 says that only the Spirit gives life, that Romans 1, or Romans 3, I'm sorry, says that our mouths are, um, I think I talked about this last week, we are pretty much depraved of life in our flesh. Our flesh is opposed to God. And then Romans 6, that the Spirit gives life. So only by the Spirit, only by God in His love, can we even begin to seek and, life. And here, 
here's the tough thing too is that here's what it is like here's what's like life outside of Christ. Here's what you do. You so say someone's married, they see a woman that they're wanting to do things with and in order to fill that sinful desire, instead they go home and they drink and watch TV and just get drunk. And that's the, like, that is the way that, and it's like, according to world standards, that's like, okay, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. Like he did the good thing, right? Well, sinning in order to not sin is a huge, it's a huge thing. And it just creates a different vice for, for people. Um, and that's what life is like outside of the grace that is given to us in Christ to be able to not do these things anymore. Yeah. So I think there's two sides of the coin of this idea of cleaning yourself up before you come to Christ is one side of the fact that you see in the Gospels, the woman of the city, this woman of the city, this prostitute who came and basically was weeping at the feet of Jesus, pouring perfume on the feet of Jesus, which some people think it's Mary Magdalene, right? Some people think it's Mary Magdalene, some people don't. I don't really know. I'm just repeating that thought. Take it with a grain of salt. But this was a prostitute, a woman who was known, had a reputation. And then even one of the Pharisees with him, I think his name was Simon, said, Jesus, if you were really God, you were really a prophet, you would know who this woman is. And he says, you are forgiven, right? You see, the, there, there's parables of the debtors. There's a debtor that owes 50 denarii, and there's a debtor that owes 500 denarii. Um, and this is in reference to a Pharisee, that who do you think will love me more? The person who is forgiven of 500 or 50? Well, obviously the person who is forgiven of more then has the ability to love more because, oh my gosh, I'm depraved. Look at what I've done and he still forgave me. So that actually elicits a response for more love to be had there. Um, so that's one side is that Jesus clearly says in if anyone opposes that message, we can please DM us and we can point y'all to some to some passages that can encourage y'all. But the other side of the coin is the fact that here comes the question, hey, I don't understand how I can go to heaven and also the murderer yeah. or the rapist yeah. or Hitler or the guy, you know, those guys, those really, really bad people go to the same place that I do. And I'm the one who took care of my family mm. and I've done things right. That's the flip side of it. It's and really the flip hard. side of it is when you say the 50 and 500 denarii is the fact that you still owe 50 denarii. Yeah, we understand that that person is worse off than you. There are people that did worse things than me. There are thing, people that I've done worse things than them. Yeah, there the is. Wor wor there's worldly imp implications that are that are steeper for certain sins than other sins. 100%. But are all sins the same? Yes. Yes. In the, in the eyes of God. Yeah, like if you murder somebody, you're not just affecting your own body, you're affecting that person's ability to live and the ability. What if they're not a believer? Then you're affecting their ability to then come to Christ. You know what I'm saying? So then. You know, sexual morality says you're sinning against your own body. Well, if you sin sexually, you commit adultery with another woman, that's your body and her body. You know, there there's worldly there's worldly implications, like Brayden said, but at the same time, brokenness is brokenness. So the answer to that question is you still owe, yes, you're a great guy, Joe Blow, that's what we're gonna name him. 
you are a great guy. You have made the right decisions, but you still owe 50 denarii. And what is debt? Debt in its definition is something that you are not have the capability to pay back. So if you're going to die with that debt, you still owe that debt and someone has to pay it. So those are the two sides of the coin that this, this question comes up. So the natural tendency when you hear this question, do I have to clean myself up before coming to Jesus, naturally shows, makes us think inward like I'm so bad. But it's just crazy how the gospel works because like we said last week and like I always say, it's always about extremes. The gospel humbles the prideful and lifts up the prideful. Mm. And... Yep. Wait, sorry, say that lifts up the prideful? Yeah, because pride can be lowly. Because pride is viewing yourself in a way that God doesn't view you. Right. So, like, like I wanted to say this the other day because I was watching an episode about worshiping in the flesh. Um, my worshiping in the flesh isn't, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Let me do this worship. Let me throw my hands up so people can praise me. Mine is... Hey, I'm scared what people think of me. Yep. So that now my worship is affected inwardly yeah. out of fear. That makes which sense. Is equally as much I see, worship I see, I see. in the flesh. All right, that makes sense. All right, I was puzzled for just a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, what I was just gonna say is like, and answer the question like, no, we do not clean ourselves up before coming to Christ, and it's important to note that the issues that the people that hated Jesus weren't the prostitutes and the drunks. It was the religious. It was the Pharisees. It was the Sadducees. It says that the sinners drew near to him. He had crowds of, you know, five, you know, up to over 12,000. If you, because, um, women and men. Yes. Because women and children. So when the, when the Bible states the number of, of people that were following him, they're saying 5,000 men. That doesn't include the women and children. So we're thinking over 12,000 for sure um, people following Jesus. Um, and you look at the people that Jesus dealt harshly with. It was it was never the person that was caught in sin. It was never the person that he healed. It was the Pharisees that were coming against him uh, saying this and that, uh, accusing who he was um, because they know, they're supposed to know better. And Jesus is opposes the proud very harshly um it's the same thing whenever he dealt with the the people in the uh what's it called the synagogue when he flipped the tables he's dealing he's dealing with what kind of people go to synagogues what kind of people are selling these things at synagogues religious people um so we have to understand who he dealt harshly with and who he didn't he who he didn't deal harshly with it was not he did not go up to people that um were like the woman who was caught in adultery, his first words were, I don't condemn you, right? And um, his first words to her uh, were, I don't condemn you. So we got to understand that he's very, like he, his heart cry in the midst of of coming out of your sin um, is is very much so that he wants you to, to come just as you are. Um you know, we see with the prodigal son, he comes, you know, he's probably still stinky and smelly and he comes and the father meets him where he's at and, and just clobbers him with kisses. Dude, you mentioned the Pharisees. I was reading this the other day. 
Jesus literally heals a blind man, but it's on the Sabbath. And then the Pharisees go, verse 16, John 9, 16. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. How self-righteous do you have to be? Like, I couldn't even, but I say I can't even put me in that category, but that's just our nature. The Pharisees are who we are outside of Christ and outside of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, This man is healing a blind man. He said... He, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, wiped it on the man's eyes, and said, go wash in the pool of Shalom, and healed a man that is blind, fulfilling prophecies about how the Messiah would come and f- heal, the, heal the blind, heal the lame, heal the sick. And you say, oh, this, man, this, man does, this man just did it on the Sabbath. Bro, kick, kick rocks, get out of here, bro. He can't be from God. He did it on the Sabbath. So, meanwhile... This man is working miracles, and we know that his miracles attested to his deity, along with his word and his teaching and his miracles, and the two-witness idea in the Jerusalem law that there had to be two witnesses for him to be true. So he is his witness, and then God is his witness, his father. Like, all these things, but they, it's just, it's just amazing to me how the Pharisees talking about this cleaning themselves up before Jesus is these people were clean. The Pharisees were clean. Paul was clean. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, Philippians 3, maybe, 2, or 3, that he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, a tribe of Benjamin, as to the law, righteous, as to zeal, like zeal, he was a zealous Pharisee, he was so zealous, he was killing Christians, that he, that's all scuba, rubbish, because he was clean, but he wasn't sealed, he wasn't, he was missing salvation, so these are the two sides of the coin, like I said earlier, of the um, cleaning shows up to Jesus. But the, on the flip side of that also is this call to repentance, right? Yes. You see, we there's no sin that can nullify you from the love of God or that is too far for the love of God. And that and I just want to, before we talk about repentance, I, we just really got to solidify in a hypothetical situation. And it's not hypothetical because you probably know somebody or but it's hypothetical for me because I don't know anybody and he doesn't know anybody. But if somebody murders another individual, if someone murdered me and then at his death sentence, he was going to be put to death. He believed in the Lord Jesus. He would go to heaven. And people don't understand that because they think that they are some somehow more righteous than the murderer. But Jesus actually says you are a murderer. He says that if you've ever been angry with anybody, be it your kid, your girlfriend or boyfriend or your Brayden, I was angry with him when we got in our argument. I committed murder in my heart. So therefore, I'm no better than the murderer. So that should kill any pride in that situation. Um, and, and I know we, we get that. We When we say it, we uh, yes. Every, no one's too far gone. But we subconsciously judge people all the time while saying those things. It's true. So it's true. I just want to hit on that point because that's a that's a that's a heart cry to y'all and a heart cry to myself because I don't want to be the person either. Like I'm preaching the gospel to myself is that I'm even though I'm I'm called out and I'm I'm called out of darkness and I'm saved, I'm still in desperately need of the gospel every single day likewise i don't want to come to a point where i 
think I'm better than anybody. So it's a heart cry. It's a preaching to y'all and preaching to myself. Um, but with that, this call to repentance, no one is too far gone. No one has committed a sin that is too far for Jesus to save. The criminal on the cross is in heaven right now with Jesus um, because he believed in his name. But if you are called out, now you're in Jesus Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit. There is a, a command to turn from your sin. And that turning from your sin plays a role in your salvation. Plays a role in your salvation. Cool. Saved by grace, not of works. What are you talking about? Have you ever heard read Acts 2, 42, and it says, repent and believe? Repent is first, right? That's something that would be descriptive, right? But Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved, right? So if you are saved, truly converted, you now recognize your sin. And if you recognize, it's one of those things that people, like Catholics, how can you be saved by grace, not of works? Or there's some works. No, you're saved by grace outside of anything you can do. And if that true conversion happens and you recognize how big of a deal your sin is, because that sin is what sent Jesus to the cross, then Jesus says, turn from that sin. And if you are truly saved, then you will turn from your sin. That doesn't attribute to your salvation. It's just simply a command. Jesus said, do it. So do it and obey him out of love. Not because you merit a salvation is because he paid the, the sacrifice in full. So that should merit a, if that doesn't change your heart, like get, like make you like well up in affection for Jesus and like, I just want to live for him. I mean, it'll fire you up. That's what it elicits. And that response then spurs a repentance and obedience, and not perfection. But yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll just I was rambling, bro. That's a word. Can, hey, can I get it? Can I get a, the organ going? Where's the organ? <laughs> get the organ going up in this thing, man. Um, but that is another episode of the Kingdom Vision podcast. Um, we appreciate every single one of y'all. Y'all know how it is. Get the merch. Brain's not wearing the merch. This is the merch. I'll be wearing the next episode. You'll be wearing the next episode. Um, like, subscribe, leave us a comment, DM us if you want to talk more about any questions that we have talked about. But with that being said, we will see y'all next episode. Thank y'all so much.